church because no one had ever told me in all of my years of Hebrew school that there was such a thing as losing the boundaries of your individual self and becoming one with a source of being. Being so flooded with wisdom and so flooded with light that at that time you recognized there's something beyond the duality of good and evil. There's something beyond the duality of heaven and hell. There is something beyond all the places where we get stuck and constricted. And it is pure, unalloyed love. So I went searching for that. But I think I was searching in the way that many spiritual searchers seek. And that is, you're seeking it as something that is different from the ordinary. That, you know, we have the ordinary world of striving and of doing and of being liked and of hoping that we find a boyfriend and that we won't get rejected and all of those things. And our spiritual search is somehow different from that. And I think that's normal. You know, that's a, that's a part of the progression of spiritual growth. So I looked everywhere and adopted a lot of practices. And the practices that helped me, I think one of the most useful things I spent seven years as part of a Greek Orthodox community, actually started by a Sufi of all things, and got fascinated, fascinated by the life of Christ. And then also fascinated about how, as human beings, we had taken that message of pure love and massacred half the world in the name of that message. I got very disillusioned with religion in general, even as part of an intensely religious and spiritual community. And that was when I found I started to have a lot of anger. A lot of anger toward the patriarchy in Judaism, in Christianity, and a lot of anger at the way that we've been separated from one another in the name of religion. And that anger is it's still healing, because I think, you know, you keep bumping up against it. And yet, it has to be healed, because if we cannot forgive anything in our lives, we cannot show up with spirit because that sun, that light within our heart of pure love that is always shining is always being reflected away by the clouds of anger and unforgiveness around our heart. So for me, forgiveness has become, it's a very important part of the spiritual practice and process of every place where it comes up in life. You know, just this morning, I, I can't remember what exactly brought it to mind. I was thinking of my first husband. I was married at 21 and divorced at 25. And then my second year marriage was 25 years, my second marriage. I'm hoping that the next one is at least 50 years mm -hmm. and that uh, we rise together to the next world. But in any case, I was thinking about being in family therapy years after I was divorced from that first husband. And I was thinking that here I was teaching forgiveness at that time at a medical school and at, at, in, in a hospital setting to groups of people trying to heal from illness. And I thought to myself, to the words of the therapist who said, you are so angry at this man, at your ex-husband, when are you going to let go of it? And I thought, I'm angry at him? This is news to me. And I think... Part of our spiritual life is suddenly realizing, my goodness, there are layers and layers and layers. It's okay that there are layers. It's okay that it takes time to forgive. 
But that's the real work. You know, sitting in meditation can be such an enormous help because it centers us so that we can be in our best self when we deal with these things. You know, if we try to deal with the world in less than our best self when we're exhausted and when we're stressed, we're mean-spirited. What can I say? You know, we show up as pretty well useless to ourselves and other people. That's like a main thing about self-care. How can we keep going at such an unbelievable pace and expect to have even a dribble of awareness left to say, I'm angry here and I hadn't even noticed it. And the true reality of my spiritual life is that I want to part the clouds over the sun in my heart so that I can show up being kind, so I can show up as being compassionate. I mean, what else is there as your spiritual life? For me, all the practices are only worth anything if they help me to be a little bit more kind and a little bit more awake. That's what it all comes down to. So I learned a lot through the Greek Orthodox path. And do you know why I eventually left? It was very interesting. A new priest came, and he was very critical and judgmental. And I thought, this isn't it. I can't stay in a community where the leader is critical and judgmental, no matter how beautiful the teachings are. So that was that. But I learned a lot because the words of Christ are filled with compassion. And then, of course, that fascinated me as a Jew because the words of Christ are the words of a rabbi. If you truly, truly want to understand Christianity, study Judaism. And you realize there was not a thing that Jesus said that every other first century rabbi in Jerusalem did not also say. So it was actually studying Christianity that renewed, in part, my interest in Judaism. In the meantime, I was very interested in Eastern traditions, and I spent quite a long time in Hindu communities. And there, I gleaned a lot from the spiritual practices. You know, I practiced yoga for about 30 years. And it's funny how those things come and go. I had a head injury. I got in a car crash, and I never really got back to it. I had a post traumatic, I mean a post-concussion syndrome, and I couldn't even tilt my head like that for about a year without falling over from being dizzy. And I never quite got back to it in the same way, but that was okay. And I look now and I say, you know, the practice of yoga was extremely important to me because it helped me come into my body, that I was never embodied, that I didn't like my body. I'm still only minimally better. I'm still only learning to like my body. You know what helped me a lot? It was a women's retreat one day. Spiritual comment, one woman of about 85 is talking. And there are two girls there, 17 years old. One of them was my stepdaughter, Sally, who is like drop-dead gorgeous. You wouldn't believe. She's the most beautiful, has the most gorgeous body I've ever seen in my whole life. She looks at the two young girls, and of course, she finds plenty of fault with it, might I add, as we all do. The 85-year-old says to the two 17-year-olds, you better like yourself now because it never gets better. <laughs> and there's truth in that. And I've recognized partly in that comment and through people, what is spirituality but self-acceptance? That if all the time we're driving ourselves crazy, I will be spiritual when I can sit in meditation twice a day. 
I will be spiritual when I do the good works of Mother Teresa. I will be spiritual when I can have the compassionate heart of the, of the Dalai Lama. It's, if it is about pure love, you know, that yes to pure love, that's what daily spirituality is in part. It's catching the mean streak. It's catching all the ways that we hold ourselves out of our own heart. And I realize I do that plenty. It is amazing, years and years and years of teaching, and I need to catch myself. The other day, Kurt came up to me, and he, he looked at me and said, how's your snoot? That, that's a general check-in, how are you? But we have this thing about noses, snoots, and so it comes to represent your whole personality. How's your snoot? And I got this look on my face, and he said, I want you to do this all day long, he said. I want you to remember that your snoot is perfect. Your snoot is perfect, no matter what you are thinking. And I tried to do that as a practice all day long, to think, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay. He's a master of that, self-acceptance. And I, I, I wish I could do that. I'm learning, I'm learning. That's a spiritual practice, day to day. And other things support that. I know I'm going to feel better if I do my Tai Chi. I'm less in the clouds and I'm more in the sunlight. And I'm more in the part of me that is likely to say, your snoot is perfect today. You know, you're doing a good job. So it's not the practice itself. It's the place that it puts you in so that you can respond to yourself with a more compassionate heart. That, I think, is, is the most important thing. I mean, I, I can remember very clearly the words of Carl Jung that a psychiatrist friend of mine said to me in not a very kind way.